When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the NASA Mid Hockey Podcast. I'm John Zella, and with me, as always, James Nichols of the fourth period. And with us for a second week in a row, very special guest, uh, Joe Pantorno, third member of the NASA Mid Hockey Podcast. How are we both doing today? Uh, I think I'm doing better than Joe. Joe's being a trooper and joining us, uh, feeling a bit under the weather, huh? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm dealing with the last little side effects of COVID, so I apologize for any unnatural sounds you hear either coming out of my mouth or <laughs> emitting from this aura right now, but um, happy to be on. And uh, yeah, you know, crazy times call for, uh, you know, desperate measures here. So we, uh, I trooped all the way down to my basement to do this. You're really, it's really an inconvenience. Any cool? traffic? I love, I love coming on here. You can, this is, this is nothing. Tons of traffic. My dog, I almost kicked down the stairs. It was great. <laughs> James, you're trying out dad jokes. Is that where we, yeah, that's where yeah, you are? Okay. I just want to get close. Sure. So I just want to make sure what I'm prepared for. I just yeah. start ignoring. It's not even a conscious thing. It's like, as, as, as the day gets closer, it just keeps happening. It's, it's right, awful. Sorry. Right. So we'll ignore James, uh, dad jokes and whatever things are coming out of Joe's orifices as as he battles his uh his sick <laughs> his sickness here uh so no need to panic i think everything is fine in isles country so we won't start there like right away right um other like maybe bigger news than that and maybe this is only going to be a certain subset of our audience that would be affected by this but apple announced that the ipod was being discontinued i think first thing who knew they were still making these not me not going to pretend like I, I knew that. Uh, but second of all, it feels like a little piece of my childhood is gone. Um, where did you download, uh, legally, of course, where did you download your music a decade and a half ago? Where, where uh, Joe, go first. See, this was really tough uh, because I didn't, get, I didn't get an iPod until college, um, which was 2009, 2010. Um, and my phone didn't have the MP3 capabilities. So I had iTunes on my computer, but then I had to burn CDs. Um, and, and get this, up until 2009, if I wanted to listen to music on the go, um, I, I still, I had a Walkman. With that was very 2000, like, three, four for me, was the, the Walkman um, burning CDs and downloading I, I things. So where did you download things from? What was the very legal app that you used? I, I used iTunes. I still program. 
Oh, you bought songs off I, of I, iTunes? I listen. I was a Boy Scout. You I, square. I was as square as they come. Oh my god. I I still have the Walkman that my grandmother got me for Christmas 2002 or what? All right, you you saved it with the adorableness, James. What did you What did you get? What did you well, download from? LimeWire. We all but, use LimeWire. I mean, I do. I do remember. <laughs> downloading off of napster <laughs> but i also so i used limewire there was another one called bear share and obviously uh, kazaa that was yeah. another, that was another early one uh um, yeah i i just was strictly limewire yeah just a just a different world back then if you didn't sit there and have to rename all these songs that was like whatever i, I can't even remember what was an old enough song to to think about like Welcome to the jungle, and it was like welcome underscore the underscore jungle dot mp three z, but like it was a whole. You had to rename everything, put the artist. Like it was a whole. You were like, and then you had to put it on a CD, and it was like a whole thing, and you keep track of them. Um, this is a different time. This is a different time. My dad used to make his own uh, playlists, like it was his job. It was crazy every night. Dude, you'd just be on LimeWire, just making all these different playlists for all these different things. Don't ask me what. And it started with CDs. He would burn CDs and write all of the CDs, every track, every every song. And then when LimeWire came out and iPods came out, he was like, oh, I'm going to do this on the iPods now. It was like, it, I don't know what it was about it. It was like therapeutic to him, I guess. He just loved downloading and, and making playlists on It just on took a lot of time. It like, did. so yeah, there was that part of it where you could make it your own thing. But it also just took forever. It actually probably makes sense, too, that he worked like, he he traveled two hours to work every day, so that was probably why he was doing it. But yeah, this is like pre podcasts, and other, like it didn't have any capability for radio. Like you just you're yeah. you're just on an island. Like it was just on its own thing there. That that's that's why I still have my iPod from 2007. Does it work? Um, it does still work. And before I got my new car, I still used it in my other one. On wow. this card, the Apple CarPlay doesn't accept iPods. So that was why I retired it. It still worked. Wow. I left it, it lived in my car in various cars from 2007 to 2019. I wonder if it if it accepts the newer version of iPod. I'm not sure. I didn't have it. Like an, I wasn't cool enough to have it. Did iPod you ever have the cassette that yes. plugged into your ask. phone? I was just going to ask that because I had it and I still have it in my old truck. I, I have a newer car now. I have a new, you know, a newer Honda Accord, but I still have a 2001 Ford Explorer Sport Track that has been in my family for 20 years and I still have the stupid cassette player. <laughs> I don't use it because I, I still have a CD collection. Um, oh, I have a huge CD collection. It's at my mom's house. Okay, I'm not. A, I'm not alone then. I have. I also have a vinyl collection. But look at yeah. me. If you're on YouTube, uh, it won't surprise you that I have a vinyl collection. But <laughs> yeah, I also have a CD collection. I want to see your vinyl collection now. Uh, but yeah, you no, like it's... you would like the right side of the cabinet. It's all the old stuff. All garage sale finds. Fantastic. And they all are pretty much in good shape. There's like one or two that were like my. The Aerosmith Toys in the Attic is a little warped, but it's a good one. So I, you know, just yeah, it's a I keep that one. Anyway, all joking aside, some big news, some kind of earth-shattering news that came down this week that 
I don't think if we put a list of a hundred things we thought would happen this summer, that this would have cracked the list as a joke. Um, Barry Trotz let go uh, as head coach of the New York Islanders. And uh, I wanted to get both of your immediate reactions to this because there was there was a lot of just trying to trying to figure out what happened. There was news. Where is he going to go? What, what are the Islanders going to do? Um, now that we've had, you know, a little more than 24 hours to to process this as this kind of broke on Monday, um, I wanted to get both of your thoughts on, on the news. You know, in, in short, we don't, you know, we'll go into some various questions in a bit. Yeah, I mean, just initial reaction. I was stunned. You know, I saw it come across my screen and um, my jaw hit the floor, basically. And I was just like this is this is the move this is the and and it's not just a small move this is this is a a major move that happened here so uh without getting into too much of what i think it means moving forward my initial reaction was just yeah i was surprised i was very surprised yeah so we um you know we we get texts from the islanders pr team you know as they are about to make the news public, drop the news, they, they drop you a text, they send you an email um, with whatever, uh, an official team statement or whatever. So they, you know, I'm sitting here in my office doing my work and I get the text and it's from the Islanders and I'm like, okay, well, either they're making somebody available for maybe some very late off-season media availability, whether that's Lamarillo or Trotz, if they just want to talk. Because uh, they really weren't available a couple of weeks ago during a locker cleanout day, um, or uh, you know somebody got injured, somebody's having surgery, uh, an update like that. You don't think much of it, so it was one of those things where you look at the phone and you look back up, and then you do like a quintuple take, um, and then it was drop everything that you're doing. Uh, <laughs> You know, you, you found your story for the day and what you're going to be working on for the next 12 hours. Um, that was, uh, yeah, as, as James kind of alluded to, there, there were a lot of things that I could have seen happening before reading that news. Yes, and I wasn't, I was, I was working and I had my work computer up, so I, I didn't have Twitter or anything like that. And of all people, my dad sent me a text and said that that he was fired because he had heard it on WFAN. So then I kind of just for a second, I was like, then I looked at my our text thread and you guys were blowing it up a little bit. of like what I'm like trying to catch up. And then other people that I haven't talked to in a while are texting me about it. Looking at Twitter, I, I could barely find the beginning of any of this because there was all just the reaction like it had. Maybe it, I was like 20 minutes behind. So I was like sifting through all the reaction of it. It was a little weird to kind of sift through because I, I just couldn't find what what had happened. And ultimately, almost nothing. He was let go. That was pretty much the the beginning and the end of it. And I was I was surprised. The the I'll, I'll mention a little bit later some of my thoughts. I was surprised throughout the day that that kind of changed a little bit. Um, not to say that I wasn't surprised anymore, but just kind of like separating my emotion from it and trying to think through it a little bit more. Um, I, I'm, I was trying to just see Lamarell's angle. Um, you know, and as I said, to the surprise of no one, Lou doesn't offer much information in his presser. There's, there's not a whole lot out there. 
are you are either of you kind of hearing what's being speculated again i i like could barely find the beginning of this thread of of just like isles twitter what what's being said out there what 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 do we think the reasons are um that he was let go joe you could take this one yeah so i mean there, there's a lot of speculation here and um i don't think we're going to see anything legitimately concrete oh we'll never know yeah for you know when when the book comes out 15 20 years from now um you know i i don't think you're going to get anything really out of islanders camp unless a player goes rogue and tells somebody and it makes its way through the grapevine to one of us um but uh you know i think one of the biggest things i read was that um the relationship between Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo had soured a bit um, during this season. I think there was speculation about uh, Barry's relationship with some of the players in the locker room. Um, again, it's, it, it would be unfair to name names just because it's speculation, but you know, people write a few names and people say, well, it was this, it was this season. That's what we're thinking. Yes. Uh, even yes, this season, um, even though Lamarillo and his press availability yesterday said that uh, this was more than just this season. Of course, he didn't allude to it being, you know, saying that, oh, okay, well, it wasn't just this season. It was, you know, the fact that his contract was going to expire next year, or he said, well, it wasn't because of some decisions he made over the previous two seasons. None of that came out. None of that came to light. Um, again, very, very cloak and dagger, however you want to call it. So yeah, we're just left here to speculate. Yeah, you know, I, I got that that same um, tip that you know that there was a, a souring uh, relationship between Trotz and Lamorello. Um, essentially, started back, uh, you know, the midpoint of the of the season when things had gotten really, really bad. Um, I was I was on a show today, uh, CH Go. Uh, they they were they were hopeful that uh, maybe Barrett Trotz would want to take his talents down to Chicago and and coach the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, but uh, interestingly enough, Colby Cohen uh, was on the show as well and had said he actually texted one of who he wouldn't name, but one of the quote unquote younger Islander defenders um, on the team and said, "Hey, what what happened there?" Um, and the reply basically was that Barry lost the room, apparently. So um, I'm not I'm not confirming anything. That's just what uh, what what Colby had had said that he was told. And just um, just to make that clear, like this is as it's a little past speculation. It's it's yeah. hard to like it's hard taking this all with a giant grain of salt. Right. No one here is an insider. Um, I just I just want to make that really really clear. Uh, right yeah this is just trying to this is an attempt to try to figure something out it does sound like that's a little bit of of what happened and it may have just been a snowball effect of a lot of different things where it wasn't anything trots did necessarily but just the the situation you wind up you know you need a new and that's maybe what lamarola meant by you need a new voice that happens with teams all the time that it's not necessarily the room. It's just for whatever reason that message, um, what is no was no longer getting to the players. Right. I, I think what makes sense here is that again we're never going to know for sure. There's never going to be a hundred percent confirmation on this. 
But it, it sounds like the exit interviews and not just the ones that were made to the public, but the one on one conversations that Lamarello had with his players. You know, he asked them, uh, you know, what do you think went wrong this season? And no one came out and said, oh, Barry trots. That, that wasn't what was said. What was likely said was, you know, maybe it was my deployment. Maybe it was my line mates, the lack of chemistry I was able to build. And uh, maybe the system just uh, run a little bit dry because it's it's hard to sustain that over an 82 game season. So was that, you know, said? no, was no, that this is one? this is what I'm, I'm saying, that this is what people are, are uh, speculating. And, and it sounds like it makes sense to me and in, in my I'm just saying it makes sense in my mind. That you know, when when it all came down to it, no one no one asked directly for Barry Trotz to be removed. Um, it was just that the the number of things that um, you know maybe the players expressed to Lamorello in in Lamorello's mind, he turned around and said, "Well, that has to do with Trotz, and maybe it's time to move on from him." It's a good it's a good point, um, and you know, he said he didn't consult the players, and I I think that people got really bent out of shape about it. But when you say it like that, where, yeah, just because he didn't consult them didn't doesn't mean he didn't glean anything from right. their conversations. And I think that's that's very different. He may not have asked directly, and that may have been Lou asked Lou answered the or rather he preemptively answered a question. I did not consult the players so that he controlled the PR on that. That's totally fair. That's his job. Right. Right. But there's no. He didn't want, you know, he didn't really allow for any elaboration. So now we have to sit here and guess what happened. Did a player tell him something? And yeah. that that just over the course of the conversation. Yeah, it's totally fair to to sit there and, and say, you know, Lamarillo might ask what he thought went wrong to his roster. And his conclusion um, was that, you know, what the players had said was basically all right i think it's time to move on from, from trots but that doesn't mean that matt barzell or anders lee went to that one of those meetings and said yeah barry trots has to go that's not that's not what happened yeah i i you know the, the more that i thought about it um and it's what's weird is a few days ago i'm looking at the nhl app and i've, I've been watching the, the playoffs more than i have in in years past it might just be because it's a little bit easier to watch now that it's on espn and tnt and and these different things but Looking at how many goals are being scored per team per game in the playoffs, yeah. I wondered if and it's like four plus goals a game. Yeah. Like the, the the winning team is usually scoring four or more goals. Even the losing team is you know sometimes getting up there in the in the three two or three range. Um, or the, you know seven four games it's not unlikely or it's not rare in, in these playoffs. And I was wondering if Lou just like. Maybe that was one of the final straws. And he just looked at that and said, no matter, even if I put these players on this roster this season, would this team compete at that level, right? This isn't last year's playoffs or the year before where, you know, it was COVID seasons, you know, a little bit of an asterisk there. You still have to win. I'm not taking anything away from the Islanders, but just different seasons. Now this was a little bit of a grind. These playoffs are wide open, more open than they have been in a really long time. And I wondered if Trot just, uh, Lamarello just thought maybe it, maybe they wouldn't cut it this year. Maybe the system wouldn't work. Now he's a defensive first guy, and I think he would just stick to his guns. But maybe th that infusion of offense maybe needed to happen more than uh, from the player side. It needed to come from the, like a system side. Yeah, that that makes sense. And uh, I, I think a couple of things could be true in that aspect where 
I think, you know, Lou is, is making the realization that, you know, the game is maybe not passed him by, but it's changed to the point where the whole philosophy has to change. Where, sure, you know, when you get to the playoffs, this structured defensive style of hockey can work, but you have to get there. Um, yeah, there's two different. Yeah, there's that part of it too, where they, that regular season success and that lack of offense. But even now, that's translated to the playoffs, where it seems like it's a little. Doesn't mean that they need to be running gun and be, you know, Doug Wade Islanders. But it does seem like that offense is open up, and you that transition game. I think I, 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 I kind of put some pieces together on this thread, where I saw somebody mention that that would be the biggest part of the incoming coaches shift to the system was not taking away from the defense, but they, and some of this is Lamarall adding those pieces on D, but their transition game is, is the real problem here. So I'm just connecting speculative dots here, but, um, you know, back in, I want to say the winter, I was talking to someone, um, you know, on, on the inside of, of this and, and, um, not of this situation, but on the inside of the Islanders. And I was was asking the question, um, about Matt Barzell's next contract and, and um, you know, is there any truth to the matter that he might want to play in a more free system, yada, yada. And back in the winter, um, the answer I got there was the Islanders would move on from Barry Trotz before they moved on from Matt Barzell. So I, I half wonder if Matt Barzell uh, being the franchise guy, you know, that the cornerstone, the centerpiece you're building around, um, not him personally and directly had anything to do with it but his style of play had a little bit to do with it too because you know you look at some guys in the um in the playoffs right now um matt barzell has the same pedigree as some of the top guys he can be that player he can score you know 75 to to 90 even 100 points if at, at his peak um you you wonder if if a new system is is for him is uh, what what they're thinking here, and, and obviously you don't base all of this on one player, but you know he, again because he's the the centerfold and and the centerpiece and the the franchise guy you're building around, um, y- you might need to start thinking about a more offensive minded team. I mean, Devil's Advocate and Joe, I'll let you go in a second. Just Devil's Advocate for a second, I just point you to Brock Nelson. Go ahead. Yeah, Joe. well that that's true. I, I just I, I think it's just a matter of it, if if Barzell had an off year and he didn't have the pieces around him, where Nelson had a rotating group of guys that he's played with on and off for the last two, three, four years. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to continue to have success. Barzell has never had other than Lee and that, and he's been injured and in and out and Everly who wasn't there this year. That's a different lamb roll. Yeah. It's a mistake given that he's going to wind up trading Bavillier and or Bailey. And I heard that on some show called the Nassman hockey podcast while I was traveling. (laughs) Uh, The the two of you spoke about that, Um, but I'll throw it back to you, Joe. Yeah, no, and and I think this kind of leads into maybe some of the speculation of why Barry Trotz was fired. But if Lou Lamarillo does make this realization that, you know, this is an offensive game now and his team has to adapt and adjust, how long do you think it would honestly take before the Islanders could perform at a playoff level? You know, you can't take this team the last four years that have played this defensive brand of hockey that everybody and their mother in the National Hockey League called boring, um, and then all of a sudden you're going to put on this free-flowing, attractive offensive game in, in, in one season, especially when you have 
probably 75 to 85% of the roster returning, all of a sudden they're going to have to rechange and, and readjust their game. So I don't, I agree that if it was that kind of switch, that that would be difficult. A hundred percent. I, I think, like I said, it's, it's, it's that transition game. I think they, it's still a Lamorello run team. So he's going to be looking at, and that, you know, some people have, John Tortorella on the mind and other defensive minded coaches. And I don't know if that's, that's speculation, obviously. Um, and I don't, I think a lot of other fans would be upset about that. Although there's still some old school fans that may really like torts coming in. It'd be a nice transition trots to torts, but an easy, easy to remember. But I think that's, it's still a Lamarillo run team. So it's likely that he, that's what he's going to be looking for. I think there, it's a little bit of the roster problem too. I think yeah. you have to update that system, and then you have to put the right players in. Um, these guys didn't forget how to, you know. They, they're they're very smart. They're very like the system is the only thing the coach implements, right? That's he's not really teaching them a whole lot. It's it's about systems and and playing a, a certain style so that it's a cohesive. Anyone can play with anybody, which is why some of the yeah. you know line chemistry thing. I understand to a degree, but at the other the other side of it, this team was so system oriented that I wonder how you know how much of that. But I think it's I think Barzell is the only player that can say that he's the only one that plays at a different level than the rest of the team and thinks the game differently. Yeah. Um. To a to a certain degree that it yes I can understand why chemistry would be a problem. You need someone to play with him for a long period of time to understand where he's going to be and what he's thinking. Yeah, and you know the thing is too when you when you see a major uh, move like this, and I bef- before this happened, if you asked me if, uh, if Josh Bailey was going to be traded, I might have been hesitant to say yes because of the loyalty factor. Now, everyone's fair game, and I think that you know in order for this team to come back uh, the same but different, there needs to be, and there probably will be. Um, a few more major shakeups, and I say shakeups because they're not going to do some massive rebuild. But there's probably going to be a few major trades that happen here to make this team better um, within the short term, at least. Just because you know the 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 window of uh, success that they have is probably shorter than it was uh, um, a year ago, but. You know, this is this is just the first of a few major shakeups coming. In, in my opinion, there, there's and it could be anything. I think if your name isn't Matthew Barzell, Noah Dobson, and Ilya Sorokin, you're fair game. I, so, oh, go ahead, Joe. No, uh, just just to James's point, you mentioned the window. Uh, yeah, the competitive window in terms of the roster and the age of the roster is one thing, but we're also we also have to discuss, and it's a whole other factor, which is why I think this decision was made. Speculation again on my part. Um, but Lou Lamarillo's window is now yes. thread thin. Um, and now this in a way was him at least if he wanted to create the illusion that Barry Trotz was a scapegoat of some kind, this is it. Um, now he's he's got one year left to prove something here. Um, so like you said, there are going to have to be some dramatic moves, some drastic moves, some names where you might have been hesitant to think or some guys that you thought were going to be Islanders for the next decade. It's not going to be the case anymore, whether that's a Bovillian, yeah. whether that's a Bailey, 
doesn't really matter. Um, even even Varlamov at this point, you got you have to give up to get. Yeah, that's a t- the Varlamov one might be the the lowest one on my right. list. So um, that's depending that, on what the return is. Exactly. So now this the 2022-23 season, it is entirely it, excuse me entirely on Lou Lamarillo here. There's no yeah. one else to point the finger at but him. Yeah, I mean, the thing is ownership can't be happy with the way that this season went, right? And when you think about how next season's going to go, well, they just opened a new state-of-the-art arena, and then this, you know, the, the excitement of a new arena might wear off, and they might not sell seats every night unless they're given a reason to, right? So now, you know, management or, or ownership is looking at management, and, and Lou Lamorello specifically, and saying, you know, okay, you fired trots, you, you took a step back. Now it's time to take two steps forward because we, we're, we're uh, worse than we were a couple of days ago. How are you going to make us better? And in order for us to fill those 17,000 seats that we just built, you need to make a or, and, and ice a product that fans are going to be excited about and want to see night in and night out. And I'll say not this. Just, not just a team full of Shane Prince's and Tyler Kennedy's. I'll say this. This is um, not only does Lamorello have a history of this, but this is very different for the Islanders in so much as it's not like a good coach was fired and ownership wasn't out there willing to spend the money, right? They're looking for results, but they're also willing to put their own skin in the game. So that's that conversation, as somebody alluded to, I think earlier in the show um, about somebody on Twitter saying that they didn't, they or you know, they wouldn't want to give up $5 million and just let Trotz walk or whatever the deal is because he has that contract. Um, Clearly, this ownership signed off on this, you know, financially and said, okay, that's probably aspect number one um, in the short term. In the long term, as you said, James, how are you going to fill the seats? Right. Um, You know, if I'm the owner of a hockey team and I'm not, um, I imagine that conversation has to have a plan behind it. We won't know it until it's we're in the middle of it. But I imagine Lamarill has to go to them and say, look, Here's what I'm thinking. This is why I think we should do it. Um, I know there's a financial commitment, but you know, you make the second round of the playoffs next year, you make that money. It's that that's easy money you find on the other side, right? Like they did lose all that playoff revenue that they would have gotten in, in uh, during the first uh, COVID year. They had some last year, um, but you know, you lose that on this year in a year you thought you were going to be re- in a new arena. It would have been bananas over there. Um, so I wonder if that like there had to be a conversation, but what's different about this team or the franchise in general now versus in years past is that there's an ownership group willing to throw money on it and and help make you know help the GM make their decisions. Now, as shocked as you you were about the Lamorello firing uh, Barry Trotz thing, um, like you said, John, there there is a history of him doing that, and um i'm not saying that this this should have been the way it was you know the jury's still out on that and it, a lot of things need to still happen and we'll see the results um a, a long time from now but uh mike vaccaro the new york post uh, wrote a, a good article on lamorello's history doing this and um in in eight years uh th- there was oh no i'm sorry with with 16 years with the devils um, Lamorello had uh, hired and fired eight different coaches, but in that span, he also won three Stanley Cups. And he did fire one of those coaches while the Devils were in first place, like a week or two before the postseason was about to begin. And then just six to eight weeks later, he was 
sipping champagne out of the Stanley Cup. So one of those years he made himself the coach. That was, that like was a the Millberry move. That, that was, was the same the year. year. Yeah. So it, listen, as much as you are shocked and, and outraged and you don't like the move, that's fair. But let it play out because, um, you know, he has a history of doing this. And that history does show that more often than not, it, it has worked. So I, I'm I'm with the uh, the masses here. I'm, I'm shocked and I don't really know who you're going to hire. That's better than Barry Trotz. Um, but again, he has that history. Let the man work. I think. This is such difficult news for Islanders fans to sort of digest because given the mediocrity that this team had been mired in for so long, I think there was always this thought of, all right, well, if we find something or someone that works for this organization, we are just going to, we're going to wrap our arms around them and we are just going to, you know, they'll be lifers. You know, I think there was, there was a faction of Islanders fans who, you know, after year two of the Barry Trotz contract, they were like, you know what? Give him a lifetime contract. Sign him up. Doesn't yeah. matter. Just build the statue. Exactly. Right. I think there's just that feeling of. And I, I can't speak for the fans, uh, but I think there's this feeling of, you know, it was unfairly cut short in a way. At least, you know, let him see it through the life, the life of his contract, see it through the whole deal, at least. So that's a really good transition, and I'll, I'll like you. You can expand on it in a second. What do the Islanders, as a franchise, and Lamorello owe Barry Trotz? Apparently, nothing. But that's I think that's what I was seeing a lot of that like that immediate kind of feedback on on Twitter was, don't we owe this guy more than this? Is it really hard? And, and Joe, you just conti- you can continue to elaborate, like. Isn't that kind of the the point and like that separation? Like, yeah, he did. This is what he did, but the team took such a big step back. Um, how we think we can rebound as a franchise is new voice, an infusion of a couple new players. Um, we kind of just have to cut and run, which might be indicative of some other players, as you said, kind of being left behind and, and not playing. Um, you know. You could argue about the, you know, the Chara playing all year and a lot of the vets that just did not deserve to be in the lineup. I don't think I uh, subscribe to like, oh, he wasn't playing the kids. You can be frustrated about that, but that's as Kevin Curtis wrote about. That's very common in hockey. Coaches are harder on younger players. That's just the way that it is. Um, did the Islanders? Oh, like I think we've said before, Lamarello showing his loyalty. Um, did this hurt the franchise and his ability to kind of bring another coach in or any other players this offseason? Yeah, so I, I kind of wondered that, I think, when it first happened. Um, if, if this kind of creates bad optics surrounding the, the Islanders' job. not, And I mentioned long-term viability. And I probably did make the mistake in assuming that guys who are going out for NHL head coaching jobs are – thinking that they're going to have the luxury of, of settling into a long-term role and say, you know, okay, if I get hired by a team that hasn't won a Stanley Cup in almost 40 years, I can see myself being there for 10 years. Um, that that might be a little unfair. Um, that being said, I think there might be some hesitancy in the market to work for Lula Murillo. Um, I don't think that's something as 
blasphemous as you know I could possibly think of. Um, I think there might be some candidates out there that this provides moments of pause for, um, even though the Islanders are in much better shape now than they were five years ago. Uh, but in terms of how, like you said, what the Islanders owe to Barry Trotz, I think this is where we're seeing a pivot in philosophy from this organization where I think for the longest time it was all about loyalty and okay, we're, we're okay with being okay and less than okay. Um, this is now, all right, something's not working for us. What has to change? We need to be competitive now um, or as close as we can be to now, um, which seems a little shrewd, especially given everything that Barry Trotz had done for the organization. Um, but as I just said, it, this is a new, this is a new era in Islanders hockey where your leash isn't going to be necessarily as long as it was Jack Capuano's or Garth Stone's. Yeah. I, I also, you know, regarding the, how much does it hurt the reputation of the Isles um, and a coach wanting to come in one, you know, when you think about how many jobs there are in the NHL, there's only 32. And when they, when you talk about how many are available, you can count on one hand. So that that's one thing, you know, you, you beggars can't be choosers when it comes to, if you want to be a head coach in this league. Uh, second, you look at the history of the, the people that uh, Lou Lamorello has fired. Um, you know, I think of Pete DeBoer. I think of Mike, Mike Babcock. And even after um, they got fired, you know, in their in their exiting uh, statements, they had both stated that Lou Lamorello was was always was always going to be and has always been a dear friend of theirs um, and that, you know, they don't they don't have any uh any ill will towards him or, you know, there's no qualms there, you know, there's a, a good relationship there. We have yet to hear from Barry Trotz. Um, I don't know when we will uh, or if we will, but I, I would imagine that it's probably going to be the same sentiment. So um, I, I think that, you know, the, the head coaches out there right now too, whether they have a history with Lamarello or not, I don't know how many people um, sit sit there and say to themselves, oh, my phone's ringing and Lou Lamorello's calling. I'm not going to answer it. I think people would kind of jump at the uh, chance to, you know, work under him. I I think you're right, uh, especially with the short-term success the team had, regardless of it, if it was Trotz. Um, they want to, you know, they want to be a part of uh, striking while the iron is hot. So I can agree that someone's just going to pick up the phone if, if Lou's calling and at least hear them out. Um, I don't know that I, leaving him on red or not uh, – not answering his phone calls good for your career or possibly your life. Um, you know, short and long term, you know, going next season and maybe in in, in uh, the season after. What does this mean for the New York Islanders? Uh, like long term? Yeah, long term, short, like in the next, next year or two, maybe even longer. What does it mean for this team moving forward? Yeah, like we said earlier, I think you have to look at, you know, how uh, Lamarillo views the window. And we talk about how that window is only open for so long. Um, and he, he probably thinks it's closing relatively quick. You know, you look at the Clutterbuck deal. He got two two seasons. Um, that, that fourth line is really only going to be intact for another uh, two seasons because of Clutterbuck and Martin's expiring contracts uh, when those two seasons uh, dry up. So, 
Um, if he's looking to get a new voice behind the bench this quick and, and um, the aspirations are to return to the postseason, it's evident failure is not an option. So it, it just means right now is, is the time to win. And, you know, long term, they're not even thinking about they're They're thinking about next season. And after that, we'll, we'll figure that out when we get there. Yeah, James, I, I kind of agree with you there. Um, this this whole entire situation was just one big signal that this is probably the first of some pretty notable changes that are yeah. coming this organization's way. Um, you, you know, again, we can sit here and speculate how big they're going to be. Uh, um, I don't know, but uh, this whole entire thing reeks of desperation. So you think this is indicative of like this isn't even the biggest move. This won't even be the most surprising move. I'm not uh, trying to like speculate because uh, I, I happen to think that this is a you know rolling rolling stone kind of gathers will, no moss kind of thing. This will be number one. Let's just see if there's going to be a one A. 1A. That, could, that's really what I'm trying to say. Hopefully, that's a, an addition and not a subtraction. Surprise. And when, when we say that there's going to be some notable changes, um, you know, my, my boss the other day, David Pagnota, had had speculative speculatively tweeted um, that, you know, he he thinks that there's going to be phone calls made about um, Patrick Kane, you know, so you, you, he, and he said that a number of times over the last year. Yeah. So and, and you know, you, you would think that um with with the moves that have already begun rather quickly this offseason, that Lamorello is pushing all of his chips to the middle of the table. He's all in this summer. Like the this this is probably I, I shouldn't say probably, but it, it just feels like this is likely the offseason that you know the fans get what they want finally and in a in a stud name uh at in, in the forward group. Um you're likely looking at a, a another good top four pairing defensemen to go with Noah Dobson. Um, there's going to be some significant moves this offseason because the, he has no other choice, Lamorello. Uh, La like Joe said earlier, he's he's on a short leash. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets, no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Day Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at even bigger payouts. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets, no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Was this too soon of a decision? Like, was, is, or, or what we're hearing from the player side of things uh, speculatively or rumors or whatever you want to call them. Do we think that was enough? Even if it was just one season um, and it was less about not making the playoffs and more about what was happening behind closed doors. If you 
if you wanted to make the move, this was the time to do it, regardless of how much time was left on his contract. Even if there was one year left, you got to rip the Band-Aid off. Um, you know, this wasn't time to kind of pitter-patter about this decision, and then you're losing precious time where now you're at the starting line before most teams uh, in terms of your head coach search. You know, they, they, they have to be doing their homework now. It, it's yeah. not, you know, okay, we, we fired Barry Trotz and now we're going to, you know, take a couple of days and reset and recharge and, you know, okay, thank you, Barry, for the last four years. That's, that's, that can't be how it works. They have to, they have to already have a short list of five to ten candidates of who they need to talk oh, to. Oh, and I, th- I think that was necessary to make that decision. I don't think Lamarillo goes to ownership without saying there, there's there's somebody that he's I don't know how it works with contracts and, and different things, but that phone call may have already even been made. That conversation may have even happened where if I were to XYZ, what do you think? I, I really think that there are two or three people on the planet that know what the plan is. And it's and two, of, two of them are the Islanders owners and one of them is Lamarillo. It's, it's Lou Lamarillo and it's either one of two of the Islanders owners. And it's probably most likely Ledecky. Right. And he may not even, the call that he made, he may have just been kind of out there testing the waters. What do you think of our season? What would you have done? And just, and just talking to coaches, especially because, it's likely a free agent coach unless it's somebody that's that's going to leave a team like does Peter DeBoer come back? Does Bruce Boudreau come back? It doesn't seem like he will in Vancouver. I think there's a little bit of news out there. I haven't I haven't heard it in a while. Like unless there's a coach already on a team that he li- cannot speak to because they're on a contract, he may have been just talking around the league. What do you think of the team? How do you think it was? What would you do differently? That kind of thing. Um, this is a great segue, James, unless you want to kind of jump in here on, on – on your on some thoughts here uh if it was too soon or not like what you know how would you have handled it kind of thing is this the kind of one bad year is it really cumulatively where it was more than that or was it just a lot in one season um yeah it, it was a lot in one season and I, and I feel like i think um barry trotz probably should have been given the chance to to fix this you know in what's going to be hopefully the first normal season in a long time. Cause let's face it, this one was anything but normal. Um, Which we got it. We do have to eventually just move on. Yeah. I know. It, like I know that this, I don't mean from the global crisis um, because that's, we're not there yet, but you know, from layering that excuse over everything, like we eventually it's just your professional hockey team, get your shit together. I've said right. that all season you're talking. And I said this a while back when they were in the thick, when they were actually within striking distance of Washington, Joe, I don't know if you heard the, the show. Don't tell me because you're hurt my feelings. But when I, uh, on the show, and because James, you and I were kind of going at it a little bit. Sure. I said, you know, you're at that at a certain point in the season, it's about seven wins. That's about thirteen games, right? You could that they came out five hundred out of that road trip, and people were happy about it. You're talking about one between that point. November 20th and the and maybe mid-March or the end of March, you were talking about one win a month. Well, one regulation win a month more. And they are within striking distance heading into April. 
that's that's why I say I almost call all the excuses bullshit. You're not talking about all that much at the end of the day. That was my biggest problem with all this. I don't know that who that lies on trots. You know, that's the players. You know, he can't skate. My coach used to say that. I can't put the skates on for you. I can't go out there and do it. Right. Well, and and that's the thing too. So you know that I. My my answer is, you know, at, at first glance, I thought it was a bit too soon. I I felt that maybe he earned the right to write the ship, but you know, when I zoom the lens out a little further, and and I hear that, um, you know, Lamorello felt that they needed a new voice, which indicates that he lost the room, and you know, then you you hear those uh, unconfirmed but sounds likely, uh, you know tidbits that a, a, a certain player on the Islanders did say like, yeah, you know, he, he did lose the room a little bit. Um, you, you, you sort of start to understand a little more that, you know, Lamorello is feeling like he's going to be on the hot seat soon. He needs to make the right changes and make the right calls to uh, get this team back on the right track. So um, I, if you would have asked me right away, I would have said, yeah, but now that I've let it marinate a little bit and I, you know, have a better understanding of some of the things uh, that went into this decision, um, you know, yeah, it, it makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't disagree there. And I think I, I just I also do want to say I don't think I, I don't want to misconstrued us like trying to dive into this and maybe we're in the rationalized stage of whatever's happening here where. We, we denied it first and we're going through the stages of grief and trying to figure this out. So we may just be a little bit further down all that. All that to say, I don't think any of us are happy about it. I think, you know, right. from even just separating ourselves from doing this and, and Joe, your career and things. And just like from a fan's perspective, this is a scary thing. Our sale is gone and there may be a new one. But lose decisions this year didn't exactly evoke confidence from the fan base. So now it's a decision that we don't even know. And all we have to go on is some iffy off season decision decisions going into this season, and then really not trying to rectify it as soon as possible, letting things kind of happen um, the way that they did. So that's, I just want to separate that a little bit. I'm not, I'm not trying to speak for everybody on some of the specifics I just said, but I think all of us could probably agree that we're a little worried. And it seems like maybe the rudder or the sail is gone from, from the team. If, if you were to ask Islanders fans, if you were to pull them, you know, after the season, if you were to pick one guy to return uh, between Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo, would it be out of the realm of possibility if I said that a majority of them would have said, well, we want Barry Trotz to stay? That's completely true. Again, I can't. Again, I'm not. I can't deal from a fan perspective. I can't say, you know, I'm not. This was scary or worried or whatever. Um, I can understand the fans if they do feel that way. Like you said, that's like their Barry Trotz was like their north star. Where, all right, well, this roster is kind of rough, and uh, Lou didn't do anything during the off season, but Barry Trotz is behind the bench, and oh, look, look what Barry Trotz did. Right, the first three years with the team. Look what he did. So you know what? I, you, you can't count the Islanders out. That, so it, yeah, this is these are uncharted waters, really, for especially this generation of Islanders fans. I mean, you have another 
an older generation where, you know, what were the days of, of post Al Arbor like? Um, and then there was. Which time? Well, I'd say the first time. Um, <laughs> but there's also, we were much younger. I was 10 when Peter Laviolette was shown the door. I think that was another one where it was like, what, what? Yeah. Well, in that case, that's not, I mean, I appreciate the example. I don't like it because of what happened after that. Uh, because if you're, I'm, you know, hopefully it's not apples to apples and this is a better team than at that point. Uh, and their superstars kind of shit the bed shortly after. And it probably spoke to just how good Laviolette was as a coach. Um, yeah, I think that's a good point that if if two if either one if Lamorello or Trotz were to go for whatever reason, who would you want to see go? I think a lot of people would have chosen Trotz to stay. Yeah. I think where where I'm trying to where I, you know when we were I I had asked James I was like let me let me host the show today. Let me kind of direct it because what I wanted to do was try to rationalize and work through it. It already happened. We're not talking about what if what if this was this wasn't like last week's show. And we're sitting here going, what if before the draft, the day before the draft, Trotz gets fired? What would happen? How would you like? We're not speculating on if the thing would happen. We're trying to figure out, okay, where is the team now? Was it too soon? Where are they going? So I just, I want to make sure that I kind of um, set the scene a little bit. I, it's a little, probably a little bit late. So thanks for sticking with us if you, if you went this far. Um, but I think that's just like an important perspective kind of framing piece to to, to the show. Um, and it, it's a good segue going into, you know, talking about where do the Islanders go next. Um, what are the, we can go on like, who are the options, broad brush, anybody? And because like I said, I don't think John Tortorella is an actual option for this team. Um, I don't know that him and Lamorella would necessarily get along, but crazier things have happened. And who knows what tr- what Trotz is like behind closed doors? Maybe he's like Torts um, when the when the cameras are gone. Like unlikely, but you, I don't I don't know these people in real life, so they could be anybody. Um, names that have been thrown around. I kind of I looked up uh, the Sporting News, um, Newsday, a whole bunch of different sites. They listed off Lane Lambert, which seems to be some kind of front runner. Some people he's a front runner. Other people say no way. Um, Paul Maurice, John Tortorella. David Quinn, former New York Rangers coach right before uh, Gerard Gallant, for those who don't don't know, and uh, Elaine Vigneault. Any of those stand out? Anyone that I didn't... Like, who's off the board immediately? We may start there, and then we can add in who I missed. I I think what stands out for me about Lane Lambert is when the, the... When Lamarillo says that the team needs a new voice, I don't know how new of a voice Lane Lambert is, just because he's an extension of Barry Trotz. They've been together since Nashville. Um, they essentially run the same system. Um, I, I know that you know he was uh, up for uh, he was up for candidacy in Anaheim. He got that interview. He wound up not getting the job. Um, there are those rumors that out there that. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings are are really interested in him. But, um, you know, it feels like to me it just would have made sense that if they were going to relieve Barry Trotz and promote Lane Lambert, it would have happened at the same time. That's that's probably fair. And I did also see, uh, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, I did also see that Pierre Greco 
is no like kind of where trots goes so goes greco that he may not return the the goalie uh, uh, that was mitch corn mitch corn uh, okay. via andrew gross he had said that he heard um unrelated to the trots firing that he may not be returning um i do think that piero greco will be staying with the organization which bodes well for the islanders i i did want to throw it out there joe go ahead no um yeah so this is kind of tough and you try to kind of connect dots here um lou lamorello i don't think is the kind of general general manager that's going to come in and give a younger coach the opportunity right um which is a bummer which is a bummer uh but that's the old head of thinking um I, I can't see David Quinn. Um, I can't. I, I, I just don't think it it's the move. Um, he doesn't have a ton of experience at the NHL level as it is. Uh, and look how different of a team the Rangers are. Granted, I mean, they, they underwent a pretty significant roster change in the front office as well. But at the same time, I, I that that's a pretty significant step back. Um, when you're going through... The experienced coaches, I guess. I mean, Tortorella, yeah, you can see an obvious butting of heads kind of happening. Um, one thing that stands out to me, I mean, Paul Maurice, sure. Um, Claude Julian uh, is another one. Yeah. Uh, Former, well, I, was he with Lamorello? Am I thinking of somebody else? Lamorello fired him uh, after one season with the New Jersey Devils. I mean, that's, that's a Lamorello move if I've ever heard one. And they were like 47 and 25 at that point, too. There you go. Uh, yeah. So I, I think there are a lot of experienced options that Lamorello can pursue, even, even Elaine Vigneault, uh, even though the Flyers were really just a, an outright train wreck uh, during the first portion of the season that led to his firing. So, um, Really, I, if you want to go safe where you kind of know what you're getting and, and you want to go track record, I guess, I think Julian and Maurice are, are I, I would say, two of those safer options. Let me just get it out of the way now. Don't talk to me about Joe Quenville. Um, don't even bring him up. Guy shouldn't be in the league. Um, Mike Babcock is another guy that has Lemarillo ties. Um, yeah, books problematic. Out. Yeah, but books out on him. Just they they can stay away. Um, Very fair. And I, this isn't from an Islander perspective. This is just from an NHL perspective. Just oh, I agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, I mean, and, plenty and, of other people yeah. as well throughout the league. And look, yeah. we talked about Patrick Kane. Not we're not going to get on this soapbox. Don't worry. But like even Patrick Kane going to the Islanders, I wonder if his story passed is in Lamarell's like absolutely not in this locker room. That, he could be cool. he could be the best player in the world. Lamarell will stick to his guns and. I'm kind of about that, but I can I can stop myself there. Joe, I I, I echo your sentiments on on uh, Joel Quenville. I I, I don't um, believe that's morally the the right move. The only reason why um, I even bring up his name though is because I, I've heard it a number of times, and I'm not talking just through um, speculative sources. I'm talking. 
uh, uh, 32 thoughts, the Jeff Merrick show, uh, even Kevin Kerr's on, on a couple of shows brought up his name. Um, it, it morally, it wouldn't be the right decision, but, uh, I think, I think the consensus was when you look at his NHL resume, you want a coach that's better than Barry Trotz. Well, he's second on the list in all time with, with wins in the NHL. So, um, you know, the success speaks for itself and, and, Again, I, I echo your sentiment, Joe. It's he should not be in the NHL. I, I don't think it's so. Um, and you know, Kurz was even referring to if the Islanders PR can um, you know handle the heat and and make the noise not as loud as it could be. Um, he speculated that maybe it's a possibility. I, I don't see it happening, but it, it's I've just heard his name in in a bunch of different. Um, on a bunch of different platforms it's it's it doesn't seem like it's impossible i don't i don't see that that's a lot of baggage on it's on a, in a on a franchise that's really quiet with lemerel at the helm i find it really hard to believe that yeah I, just i'm with again you. even with babcock I, I i just his his pedigree is um again like like you like uh captain sirius and kane I th I think their legacies are tarnished a, a little bit. I really don't care about any of that. I and I think Lou, um, I think Lou ignores it as well. I, I don't I don't think that's an option um, for how he handles this team and what he expects out of the players to then bring in a coach like that. I think you're you're kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth. I I wonder about Jim Montgomery. That's a guy who I think wants probably a second shot at play uh, being a head coach. Um, he, he got let go in Dallas after some uh, uh, issues with alcohol abuse, but you know, he comes back with a clean slate. He's now the assistant coach over in St. Louis and look what they're doing right now. So, and he was um, a defensive minded coach from remembering. Um, yeah, but I mean, again, I don't, you know, Lambert's still going to be here. I think when, when the season begins, so they're going to have that, that defensive infusion, but if he's going to bring some sort of new approach, you know, I wonder if he's going to have, um the the ability it, if the ability to win the job again he's just another head coach out there with nhl experience um but i i wonder if he gets a call and anyone on your list joe uh no you know i the the two guys i brought up before were again kind of the safe picks um yeah, it, it, it's tough. I mean, you have other like Rick Tockett, like that's that's a name that could be thrown around there. Um, again, if you want, if you want to infuse an offensive mind and a defensive mind, and hope that they can mesh, Vigneault's a strong candidate. Um, yeah, I mean, you you also have some guys with Islanders ties. I mean, you got Derek King out there. You got Travis Green out there. You got Rick Bonus out there, who was God, he, in the Stanley Cup final a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, I, he I, he strikes me as somebody as you know, game kind of past. Yeah, I was going to say if you bring that name up to Islanders fans, I think they'll, you know, politely tell you to go somewhere else with that. Um, but I mean. Just in, in these five minutes, we threw around 10, 12 names. Um, yeah, there, there are a lot of options out there. I, I wonder, 
I don't know who the right pick is. I don't really know enough well, about I'll, other coaches. I'll, I'll say this, right? With, with the with how abrupt this this uh, uh, announcement came and how quick it happened, I have to think that Lamarello knows what he's going to do. Oh, that's he what hit, I said before. He he, he he could not go to management to to the owners. Yeah, and say I want. I, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do, but I need you to pay the guy that I'm about to fire another five million dollars next season. Yeah, absolutely he, not. That is yeah, that absolutely. decision. There are three. There are three people on this earth that know who that is. Yeah, maybe four if the coach is already called, and it's the owners and Lou. Yeah, he absolutely has somebody in mind that he wants. He knows is available right now and wasn't willing to wait until next season to see if he was still going to be available if they didn't bring Trotz back, uh, if he was not fired and fulfilled that contract. So um, we, we could speculate all we want, but he knows what he knows what the future uh, is going to look like. Uh, that that's already been premeditated. I yeah, you're right. There has to be a name or two or three. That being said, I do want to bring up, I just want to say two names and then that's that. If we're if we're speaking about coaches that either haven't completed the exit interview process or are still in action, um, Pete DeBoer. Yep. And the second one here, John Cooper. You know, I heard this too today, Joe. Go ahead. Go with that. Um, he was – John Cooper was on thin ice before the Lightning had obviously won these last two Stanley Cups. Obviously, that's going to give you as much grace time as you need. I think the Lightning would be – I don't know. I think that would be a pretty shock move if the Lightning don't make it out of the first round against the Maple Leafs. and They're up. They're up uh, two or three nothing right now in the least in game four, five. Exactly. Um, and then they would proceed to show him the door. That being said, I think John Cooper has done everything that he could possibly do in Tampa Bay. Obviously, we know that John Cooper has local roots here as well. He went to college across the street from the Nassau Coliseum. Right. Um, it's just a name that I'm simply throwing out into the universe as – the potential of if he ever wanted a change of scenery, here's a team that's in pretty good shape that could use a two-time Stanley Cup winning head coach to yeah. please them. That's interesting. I, I did not see any I, – I was not on Twitter all day um, and keeping up with you know different articles and things, but that's um, that's definitely interesting. Um, Joe, you alluded to this earlier. Is Lamorello on the hot seat now? Has you didn't. You didn't like completely finish your thought. Of like, I, I think something happened. No, no, he he has to be. Um, for as much as we can talk about Barry Trotz and no, he didn't play the young kids enough, or he did. You know, he played the old guys too much. He and, and we can. There's no debate here. He was not given the proper resources to field the Stanley Cup winning team. He took the stone, he squeezed it, got his got everything in the world he could possibly get out of it and some more cosmic dust on top of it. Work he he was a magician. Got that team to two straight Stanley Cup semifinal appearances. Um and, and then that was that. Um every shortcoming 
on the Islanders roster, you point at the general manager, the man who's responsible for building the team. Lou Lamarello for the large portion of the last four years, minus a couple of deals that he made at the trade deadline, has not filled needs that we're still talking about for four years now. The Islanders need an elite goal scorer. That has not happened. The Islanders for the last year needed defensive help. They did not get it. They traded it away. And they traded it away. He took a strength and he made it a weakness to the point where now he needs to focus his top priorities now on rebuilding what once was a strength. That's quite the folly here. So, yes, this is this is his last chance to do this. Yeah, I mean, you, you fired the fall guy before the start of the next season. So now it's now it's on you. The coach yeah. is on you. If the coaching doesn't work with the players, that's on Lou. If it's the players that don't work, that's also on Lou. Like, yeah, I I agree. He's he's made it fully his responsibility. And and he's not transparent with the media, but his all of these actions have made it very transparent. There's no one else to point the finger at. Oh yeah, and that's you know the he's he's going to hear it, you know, and this is the fans were fed up by the time Garth Snow's tenure ended. Now there are there were expectations, and I think fans can deal with the down year so long as the summer is somewhat fruitful. I don't think, as we said probably multiple times so far, I don't think anyone had this in the cards as what would produce fruit on the other side that it would that the problem was was Barry Trotz and I, I think what's also important to, to recognize is like we just aren't there we don't know what that relationship was like he did get blood from a stone for for two years um through thick and thin and everything else and it may just have that happens all the time um I, I think with with different teams and I use this analogy quite a bit he got the team to a certain point. It's it's possible that another coach will take them over the hump. And even if that means just making the conference final next year and in two years winning a cup, right? You look at the Lightning I, again, and and people really come at us on on Twitter when we mention the Lightning or San Jose where they had better teams. And what we're saying is, yes, they need to do that. At this point from where we're sitting, Let's assume for a second Lamarillo gets the right guys. Maybe that new voice gets him over the hump. For some teams, that doesn't work. Look at the Leafs. It doesn't matter who the coach is. They're, they're down in another series, and it sounds like they didn't show up for game five. They have five shots in the first period. That's not good. It's not good enough. That was a lot like game seven in 2015 against the Islanders and the Caps, where they just simply did not show up for game seven. That was a joke. After an emotional game six, Last game, the possible last game was the Coliseum. Um, I was lucky to be there, and they they came out and laid an egg. Sometimes you just needed, you do just need a different different voice, and I can. It's happened before. I don't. Lamarillo was not saying something that just has not happened in this league before. So I, I think that's totally fine, you know, to a degree. However, 
to this point, uh, and and the question that I asked you, Joe, yeah, it's on him. Now it's 100% on him. He, he has to make the entire on-ice product depends on him, from the players to the coach and the new system. So I think, James, any like do you agree? That's- yeah, no, I echo everything you guys just said. There's there's not much more you can say about that. That's all pretty pretty accurate, and you know, uh, there's just gonna be buckle up. That that was an early an early bomb for the off season, and there's bound to be a few more. So, yeah. So, and I think that that's a that's a really good segue. Where uh, right before we hit record tonight, the draft lottery took place islanders are locked in at number at number 13 uh do you think you know lou already made a big move here um the islanders prospect pool is not as highly rated as i think islander fans see it um around the league i think a critical look probably shows that it's definitely iffy um particularly the last few seasons is they're going to need a lot of those players to hit and that's that's pretty rare um did they use this pick in a in some kind of trade? It's it's a fairly high pick, top fifteen. It's a lot of players on the Islanders roster in the top fifteen. Um, did they use it? Did they use it in a trade? What do we think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you know we spoke about how short the window is in Lamorello's eyes and how aggressive he was to begin this offseason. I think he's going to be pretty aggressive to use that pick to acquire a top end talent that he needs, whether it's on the blue line or it's in the forward group. Um, you know, it, it could come down to the very wire where the clock is ticking and the Islanders are on the clock to make the pick. And then we might see Gary, uh, Gary Bettman come up to the, to the stand and say, we have a trade to announce. Um, but I, I do have a, a sneaking suspicion that, 13th overall will go to somebody else uh, in, in an effort to bring in what he needs to compete next season. This draft class isn't necessarily the deepest either. Um, so the incentive to hold on to that pick in the first place isn't all that strong. Will that affect Lamarillo's ability to sell that pick and package it? Possibly. Um, but at the same time, you can build a strong enough package surrounding an NHL player, that first round pick and a prospect to at least grease the wheels on a big trade to fill a area of need. Yeah. That's as many have said, many have said Bavillier blank, blank and blank. However many blanks you need to have there for that, maybe that second pairing defenseman, which I think would be a lot. It would just have to be, a younger defenseman with term with the potential uh, or at least a trajectory as, as Dobson has to become maybe a first pairing defenseman. I think a lot of people see whoever the Dobson's partner is and Dobson one day moving into Pelican Pulak spot. And then they move down as a, as a second pair um, like a little, you know, passing the torch situation. Um, so that'd be a big haul for a second pairing defenseman, but on a team like a, a piece or so away, that's how you and I don't think it's this player, but as it's been speculated all season that Chikrin is in the mix. I don't see it, but if you're gonna now that Trotz is gone, again, now now operating on under the 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 facts that we have that Trotz is gone, maybe that's different. Maybe I think about that differently. I didn't think yeah. Chikrin would fit into a Trot system and work with all of that. 
now it's different. Now we're talking about right. unlocking some different stuff on this roster that, that we haven't seen in some time. Yeah, so maybe that I, does I, work. I, I echo that, you know, given how interested they were in season before even the season started, as soon as Chickren's name hit the uh, available market, um, you know, the, the Islanders were, were interested in him. So and the fact that he didn't get moved to the deadline says to me that it's possible that they will revisit that. Um, and with, you know, like you said, Trot's no longer there. That interest might be even more. You know, you traded away a guy like Devin Taze and you traded away, away a guy like like Nick Letty. And, and, you know, one is far better than the other, obviously. Um, but, you know, you you might want to look into getting a guy back like that because you might be kicking yourself at yourself at the fact that, yeah, we gave up two second round picks for, you know, uh, could have been Norris candidate this year and Devin Taze. A lot of a lot of uh, advanced analytic models had him as one of the best, if not the best, defenseman in the league this year. Um, you know, and if it, if he was second, it was it was his running mate in Kel McCarr. But um, you know, Jacob Chikrin is he going to be as good as uh, Devin Tays? No, but is he going to be better than Nick Letty? Probably, I think so. Um, as a second and, pairing defenseman, and he's a top again, four guy, right? And that's I think that's a big. I think Bavillier in a first is a big hole. But I think that they were asking for that much, yeah. right? Especially because he already has term. I think at the end of it, he's still an RFA. Yeah. Um, he's so only twenty. Only, he's going to be twenty-four. Yeah. So I, you know, he's he's going to be going into his prime. He could be part of that next generation core that kind of exists outside the, you know, within that inner core. Yeah. Um, and all on, two on years left roster. of his contract, or three. He's three, including next season. I think he has left on his yeah. contract. So I think that. That totally makes sense. Um, any closing thoughts on that before we move on? Uh, no, I just I, I think that Chikrin makes a ton of sense to to try and go after again. You know, they need the left the left uh, defenseman and um, you know top four of Pelic, Pulick, Chikrin, and Dobson. Sign me up. Absolutely. Splashes need to be large. The free agent market doesn't necessarily have that. Yeah. Young defenseman that could be that guy i mean chris letang's out there he just had a 67 point season but he's 35 um so yeah really the, the islanders best opportunity to get that defenseman that they need it's through a trade um and then if you want to get that star winger or something like that free agency might be i won't say your best bet but it's it's the likelier option in terms of addressing that need I agree. There, there, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of speculation out there on that. A lot of those players are still in the playoffs. Um, some of them aren't. They were the Colorado Avalanche swept the Nashville Predators last night, so that um, that roster gets thrown into question. I mean, they went into it. They they ran up against a, a juggernaut, but it's entirely possible that they they kind of move on from some of those players and and retool as the Islanders are retooling. Maybe Bavillier. Fit, uh, fits into that system and they can do some kind of hockey trade there, you know, forward for forward and open up some stuff. Um, and there's another package for a chicken or something else there. So there, there's kind of a lot of options. Um, Just a, and- a, a quick passing thought on uh, players in the, or now eliminated from the playoffs. I just wonder how much um, value uh, had was lost in uh, Philip Forsberg. He had, no points in 
that series? None. Yeah, it's that's not a good look. I, so, I oh no, sorry, he had one. He scored one goal. So, um, I, I don't think it diminishes his value to be don't don't sign him at all. Like you know, but maybe he doesn't get nine million that he would be asking for. Maybe he sits around seven and a half, eight million. Entirely possible. Uh, before we wrap it up here, uh, Bridgeport and Charlotte tied 2-2 in the second round. Really proud of that team. Uh, Aturatu kind of making his um, making his presence felt, bringing the team to the second round. I thought that was really cool. Yep. Um, gets him on North American ice. I think we had we had said that that's what we thought would happen. Uh, that that he wouldn't be joining the Islanders, who were, you know, I think a prideful group and wanted to finish the season. Um, as that group and management and the coaches kind of saw that. So I think that's, that was a good move and it gets him into some meaningful hockey in North America on this size ice with, you know, he's played with grown men, but this is just that, that kind of next logical step. Um, he can just kind of get the flavor of it all and, and come into camp ready to go. Any kind of closing thoughts on anything going on right now? Barzell joining team Canada bellows with team USA, Oliver Wallstrom, not with team USA, although, Probably, you know, not looking into that too much. He may have simply just not wanted to go and rejected the offer, which is totally fine. He, he kind of had a rough year. Bellows is the one that, you know, probably just wants to get some ice time, frankly. Um, so and any thoughts on any of that, you know, in and outside of the uh, trots news? Uh, I'm, I'm excited for Barzell on Canada. Uh, I want to see what uh, he has in his repertoire outside of the trot system, maybe with some... Um, more elite status line mates. I, I don't know the full roster for Canada, um, but I'm, I'm assuming he'll be in the top six and, and he'll have some pretty pretty good wingers on on his left and his right. So I'm excited to see what he does there, and, and I'm excited to see um, how that possibly impacts uh, the outlook of who they acquire to to pair with him going into next season because um, if he if he plays with a certain style of player that becomes available this offseason and it works out, uh, they could target somebody like that. So uh, I'm excited for that. Couldn't have said it better myself, James. Guys, it's the offseason. Go outside. Get some fresh air. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Take a break. Touch some grass. Twitter's Touch, in a yeah. place. Go, go put your feet in the dirt. Um, <laughs> And obviously, I'd be remiss if I didn't say it. Happy birthday to my wife. Uh, she, uh, Her birthday is tomorrow, as oh. we speak, Wednesday. Uh, big big day in the Pantorno household, obviously. So uh, not like she'll ever listen to this. But I was going to say, <laughs> is, she, is she a listener? Is she a she sports hates, fan? She hates sports. Oh, my God. <laughs> Does she why. know you? Yeah, but that's why I love her. Because she is my ultimate escape from my job and from the internet. You're starting and ending the show just in an adorable way, okay. uh, and I and I pre- <laughs> I appreciate that. I think we can use probably some of that softness and this not me ripping on Jay uh, at, at any chance I get. So we could probably use some of that uh, bounty bounty softness that you're bringing to the show. <laughs> that's I think that's here. great. Uh, Love not, that no, Charmin Ultra. Yeah, no, no free ads though. We're not going to go into the whole thing. <laughs> um, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to the show uh, or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, 
at Asman Hockey. You can find James's work at the fourth period. You can find my work at the Hockey Writers. Joe, let it, and Joe, where can we find you? You're everywhere. You're at you're at AM New York. You're at this other thing that I can't remember the name of. It's it's Tailgate Sports. Um, if you want to foray into the world of sports betting, uh, we're starting up something really new and cool. Uh, I'll say it again: Tailgate Sports. Give us a shot. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you like us. And uh, James, I'll let you bring us out here. Uh, until next time, let's go Islanders.